Hi everyone. If you like what you've been hearing, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon. That's H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. The Patreon's really the lifeblood of the podcast. It lets me dedicate the time that I need to play the games, to talk to our guests, to really set everything up and, and make everything as sharp as it is. Um, without it, uh, no cartridge really wouldn't exist the way it does today. If you don't like monthly pledges, I totally get it. Uh, there's also paypal.me backslash Hagelbon, and we can try and figure something out there. Or you can email me at nocartridgeaudio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I will try and answer your emails as quickly as I can. Thanks so much for your support, and enjoy the show. But I, a very recent friend, uh, we met at the uh, at Combo Breaker, uh, thanks to a mutual friend, uh, Rob Grant, who you may know from my Dark Souls streams. Uh, Phil Nolan, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Good. This has been like a nice little serendipitous thing. Yeah, like, definitely. No, it was fun. Like, I, I remember Rob mentioning you and then um, just running into you at, at Combo Breaker and we had a ton to talk about. Um like especially about you know the fighting game competition and stuff like that, but I think also just you know in general, uh, it's it's been fun to chat and fun to fun to learn stuff. And you know you uh, you classically when I have guests on the show, I um, I like to do this little thing. Uh, it's a tradition where I fall asleep for about one hour past uh, when we're supposed yeah. to record. <laughs> it's a little tradition I like, and uh, and you uh, you you made the most of it and did a Zelda randomizer in the meantime. So I think you're, you're basically exactly what this show needs. Yeah. I've, I'm getting everything I want tonight. It's, it's all good. <laughs> but that was, that randomizer's too good. It's too funny. Um, yeah, no, the, the, those are amazing. Like it's definitely, well, I, you know, I think this is actually a pretty organic segue because there's something about, so you're really, you're really into the, the place you kind of fit into the FGC um, and, and, fit in we might want to we might want to expand upon because of course like smash's fit in the fgc is, is controversial in and of itself but you're sort of a melee player you play you play um smash brothers melee um and in a lot of ways smash is and, and melee particularly is sort of like the fighting game version of a randomizer where like you have these characters and they're put in this strange position and everything is thrown up in the air um I mean, do you find that is that part of the appeal to you? Is is the familiarity and the difference? Um, what what appeals to you about Smash? Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of canned answers that everybody gives. Like the the nostalgia and the expressiveness are the two big things. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say it's it's like jazz. Mm. You know, everybody says it's like jazz. It's an expressive fighter, right? Because there's so many tools and so many ways to move, and there's um, another 
endless cliche is that um, you can show me four foxes, four different fox players, all different color or all the same color rather. And I can tell you who's playing it based on what they're doing. That's interesting. Which is another, like I said, another thing you can hear in the smash doc. You can hear it from anybody. It's like you come out in the game, which I've always, I've always really dug as I played more and more. And another big thing was like, uh, before I was playing melee, I was playing league of legends a fair amount. Oh, sure. And it was, I'm not, I'm not gonna front. It was pretty miserable. It was like dealing with teammates and dealing with solo queue and all that stuff. And then you come into a fighting game and the only person you can blame for a loss is yourself, which I thought was really great. Actually, like being able to assess things on a personal level and like develop that way and take responsibility for what you're doing and how, how hard you're working was really dope. And then just, you know, like even just being able to get drunk and just press a whole bunch of buttons and do crazy (laughs) stuff like there's no other game like it for me it's it's just so intense i mean that's the only way i've ever played smash i like i smash is something that's i have a lot of fun with and then also i am just uh awful at just absolutely terrible at i i can't i can't figure out the um i just it was it was one of those games that i never had that kind of like central uh seminal experience where you you know you play it for hours and hours with your college roommates or like you know you you pick it up in high school and like you spend an entire summer just doing that um like i i was so much raised on like classic fighters that the idea of having to be knocked off a stage as opposed to just a health bar um was completely confusing to me uh it's wild yeah but watching it, like watching people play it, watching it at Combo Breaker, for instance, like you, you had a match uh, that was that was pretty intense, came down to the wire. Like you c- don't remind me. No, I'm sorry. Uh, it was a good oh, match. No, it's though. All good. <laughs> uh, but it was like it was, you know, watching that you, you sort of get a feel for like why, in fact, Smash has like and I, I totally get it in terms of jazz, like Smash has this uh, has these series of intricacies i guess or like differences that make it uh more compelling if you're if you if you know what you're watching for than other fighting games like there's there's a there's a um i don't know like a depth or 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 complexity i don't know like how would you describe it like i I don't know how to compare smash to other fighting games it's it's a peculiar one i mean the the obvious fundamental difference is like that it's a platform fighter Mm. And that's kind of becoming its own genre. You're going to see that a lot in the next few years with games like Rivals of Aether and Slap City and uh, Icons Arena and like a bunch of other like startup-y, melee-esque, smash-esque um, startups. Yeah. But like, I think it really does come down to that, like the platforms and the way you interact with them. And then obviously the glitches that we don't know what was supposed to be in the game and what was. There's, You can see every opinion or theory on Reddit that you want, but like, we don't know if wave dashing was intentional, do we? Like, or we don't know if they wanted you to wave dash, I should say. Like, I would assume Sakurai didn't want people to do that, but as soon as people discovered it, it was pretty natural and it really added a dimension to the game as like an example of a piece of tech skill that works for it. So, uh, explain what wave dashing is. All right. So, when you press the jump button in melee, you have six frames before you actually jump. So, it's called jump squat, right? You, you're in a jump state, but you have not left the ground. Okay. Um, it's six frames for most characters, I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% of my frame data, but, like, everyone has that. And you know air dodging, which is in uh, 
melee and it's in brawl and it's in smash force if you press r in the air and a direction you'll like become invincible for a second and like translate basically with your body okay. you know like air dodging yeah so sorry um what you do there is when you jump uh, during jump squat, you can air dodge into the ground, which causes you to effectively just like scoot in a standing position while moving. Oh. So it's yeah. So it scoots you instead of running. So if you're running, you can only you have less options available to you. But if you're if you wave dash, you have a lot more options. You can grab, you can side smash, you can do whatever you want. You can stay in shield like it just opens shit up. And same thing with you can wave land onto a platform, which is you jump up and um, air dodge into the platform to do a similar movement after a jump. And just all these things just add dimensions to the game. They make it faster. They make it very aggressive. Yeah. I mean, that's so interesting because, like, I mean, I definitely saw a lot of that going on when I was watching the Smash, uh, when I was watching the Melee uh, uh, rounds that I did. And, like, I didn't know what that was. Like, I that's not something that's like the game being played at a higher level than I'm used to. But on the other hand, like, there's a lot of discourse about how Smash isn't, uh, you know, doesn't fit in or isn't a typical fighter. Uh, but that's exactly like how people talk about Tekken, right? Like, that's exactly how people talk about uh, Guilty Gear is that like you have to know the frames, you have to be able to understand like, you know, the exact uh, the exact amount of time between like your what you're doing and what your opponent can do and when you can block and when you can not block and, you know, what, what can you do to kind of exploit the game's natural uh, composition? So, I mean, in that way, it sounds like you're describing a fairly traditional uh, fighting game uh, strategy. It really is a lot like the other games. Like it's, there's a bit of a hodgepodge because like there's wave dashing in Tekken too. And there's just crazy move sets in guilty gear and, um, a lot of the, a lot of the vernacular is borrowed from Street Fighter and things like that. Like tech chasing is something you do a lot in melee. You can do it in Street Fighter too. Like, it's well, I mean not tech chasing per se, but like the concepts mean different things in different games. But a lot of the same words apply, mm-hmm. which is good for crossover. I think the reason melee is like its own little thing is because people who prefer melee really just prefer melee to a huge extent. It's it's really it's like a, a phenomenon social, like socially speaking, the FGC, like I am a rare convert of someone who's like dipping their toes into other fighting games. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, mainly cause I picked up street fighter five. I'm like, this is uh anyone who, anyone will tell you that street fighter five is very dumbed down and a lot easier to pick up. There's like very minimal uh, input difficulties compared to like four or third strike. Right. Like it's a lot easier to practice and just nail combos real quick. It's almost more like Super Turbo in that extent, but again, two very different versions of Street Fighter. But yeah, like I'm dipping my toes into it, but most melee players, I think they, in order to be good, they think they have to eat, sleep, and breathe it (laughs) to an extent. Like, and I see that. Like, one of the reasons I'm not able to progress is because I am an adult. I do have a job. I sleep regularly. Like, the real window, like you said, for improving in this game is your college years. Like, it's like you and your homies like in the dorm playing until three in the morning and then waking up at eight and doing it again. And that's how I've seen a lot of people get really good. You know, and, and, and that speaks to something that I saw a lot in the fighting game community, which was that like, 
much of the training and I, I didn't really expect to see this until I went there. I didn't, I thought everyone was training the same way you train for say like Dota or uh, League of Legends or Overwatch or any, anything that's like competitive uh, siege where like you, you mostly just do it online. Like you just queue up online matches or you queue up competitive matches and you just keep playing better and better people. And to a degree that is what happens. But like a lot of this is, yeah, okay. Like I have some friends who do this and we just like play a ton of this game and uh, it is, it is communal and it's, you know, competitive, but also uh, constructive. And like, it, it's a very unique kind of moment. Uh, in, oh, no, that's not true. It's a very unique practice in this particular gaming moment. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a very strong advocate for the face-to-face experience. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, I'm definitely a go to your locals guy. And that's another thing that is said both in melee and in the FGC. Everyone says like, that, yeah. Yep. Go to your locals. It's, crucial i mean for street fighter players they kind of need to play on land because like as much as street fighter 5's online system works the net play like the net code is a little rough there's a lot of rollback there's a lot of delay there's a lot of like just stupid stuff that can stir you into a frenzy like real quick (laughs) and then when you go and play in person all that goes away and like gimmicks don't work and things happen faster and it's a lot more of an authentic way to play it. Mm. And on the melee side of things, um, we're seeing the advent of net play now. I mean, it's, it's been around for a few years, but more and more and more people are jumping on net play. We're seeing players um, moving into the top echelons of the game who were like born and raised on net play using the dolphin emulator on their computer and using a, a, like a net play build that somebody made. Right. And as much as it's really great because so many good players are coming from it. Like in order to take that next step, you have to start doing face to face stuff. You have to find other very good people to play with like in person, because that's not a lot of tournaments are happening on net play. Like the the big money and the big stage and all that is still human in person, you know? Yeah. So that kind of opens up into something that I've heard a little bit about and I, I can't quite pin down and I'm just going to ask you to, uh, to educate me and and hopefully the audience too. Hopefully I'm not just like doing this for myself and uh, everyone already knows all this, but if that's the case, uh, you know, skip forward, obviously. Um, But Nintendo has sort of like not been, I'm trying to think of the nicest way to say it. It's not been consistent. Uh, Daddy doesn't love us. (laughs) It's a thing with the support, (laughs) with the support of uh, face to face uh, competition in smash. Uh, I'll put it that way. Can you sort of give us like, you don't have to go blow by blow if you, if it's, if it's too much, I'm sure it's extremely complicated, but what's sort of like a, an overview of, of how, like what's been happening with smash. It's, it's tough with melee in particular. Cause I mean, you can't expect Nintendo to prop up this scene that they're not making any money off of, nor can you expect them to make a port that's going to satisfy people. Like, I just, I don't expect that from them because, I mean, it's it would not be particularly lucrative for them to try and pull some jank with Melee, mm-hmm. but um, they do have to abide us. Like, they have to allow us to exist because we're just too big to, like, scorn, which, um, I mean, there's been a lot of ups and downs. You know, it's, a relatively old game but um i believe it was evo 2013 where we returned to the main stage right and this is a little before my time but this is like a seminal moment in melee's comeback right so like the summer smash i believe was 2014 what we call it which was like the beginning of this new heyday right like 
where we are now really started then. And we did, uh, they did a breast cancer fund drive for Evo and whichever game raised the most money uh, was added to the Evo lineup in 2013 and melee blew everybody out of the water. It was magical. And like the next day, Nintendo said, uh, you can't stream this. Like oh. we're, we're not condoning this. Like this is, this isn't brawl. Like we don't, we don't, we don't do this. And then as soon as everybody flipped out and was like, but we raised money for breast cancer. cancer yeah. Yeah. Uh, they dropped that pretty quick. And I feel like ever since then there hasn't been a genuine effort to stamp it out, but there have been efforts to keep it official, keep it on game cubes, not use modded versions of the game, any of that stuff, like at the highest level. Although I believe on stage, you'll still see um, slightly modded versions of the game and definitely like ROM versions of the game via Wii, because that's one of the easiest ways for all of us to play it. Like I play regularly on a Wii. Yeah. It was wild to see how many, how many consoles were there though on CRT, like just like very much people playing on old big TVs uh, in, in like in a coming from the main area because of course smash smash existed in sort of the 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 kind of like uh uh not secondary but like i would say like off the main drag uh part of combo breaker where like there was oh, yeah. third strike and uh super street fighter 2 turbo and uh all the arcades and like um obviously melee but the coming from main stage where it was all like extremely nice computers uh, or massive like projection screens um, to come to something where it was like people sitting around CRT TVs was really, really cool and like not expected even remotely. Um, yeah. And, we're, we're grassroots as fuck. It's, it's, wild. it rocks. Yeah. Sorry if I'm not supposed to swear, but um, no, you can yeah, swear. a lot of grassroots, like those TVs were probably driven over there in vans from like a handful of tournaments. Like, yeah, yeah I was, I was amazed. Deal. Like the, the, the level of no, the level of infrastructure that's just necessary for, as you say, like to, to kind of keep this older game alive. Um, obviously it's not as old as, as turbo. So like people have done it for more. Uh, and I'm sure the super Nintendo is much more irritating to work with, uh, these days than, uh, a, a GameCube or, or a Wii. Um, but it is kind of amazing how big a scene there is and how dedicated that scene is. It doesn't surprise me that they raised up, you know, the most money for cancer, given the chance to kind of get back in the limelight. Yeah. It's, you know, it's super validating to like, look at this game, fall in love with it again and be like, yeah, this is, this is really great. And then see everybody else who kind of feels the same way. Like there's a very big emphatic core of that. Mm -hmm. Like we've basically become an actual esport without being an actual esport. Like, as they say, there's no real money in Melee. Like, Hungrybox is making a living, but uh, <laughs> very few people are actually doing that in Melee. But it's still just like a for-the-love-of-the-game, like, fiend-ass lifestyle Nice for most players. So that kind of... I have two questions stemming off of that, and I want to try and remember both, but I, I'm going to ask the one I'm more likely to forget. So are you worried... Is there a concern in the scene that the Switch... Uh, smash that that got teased and i guess i don't know if it has a date yet or not uh that's coming out is going to displace it displace that at all like is there any fear that nintendo's gonna say like okay this is the official one all competition has to be this new smash this is what we're gonna say like you know switch to the new smash or you're not gonna be able to do competition um 
is there a concern there? Or do, do people, are people just kind of like viewing this as a new installation? I would say um, Melee will endure. Okay. Um, and I think pretty much everybody feels that way. Um, most people who do this have come around to say, this is the game we have and we're not going to feel this way about anything. Like I, it would be impossible for Nintendo to come out with something that does what melee does, right? Like there's absolutely zero chance that they come out with a game that the melee fiends see and go, I'm going to switch to that. <laughs> like that being like, that being said, like there's plenty of people who support Nintendo in general. Like there's a, a massive core of Nintendo fanboys, fangirls, sure. fan they thems who will absolutely get this switch version and play it. Um, the whole smash four scene will absolutely migrate. Um, but yeah, this isn't the first time that there's been another smash game that melee has had to like function in the quote unquote shadow of. And yeah, I'm not worried about it. Like if the melee scene has like a little bit of a shrinkage, that's, that's totally fine too. Like melee players are going to play melee. Like Mm. I can't imagine an age darker than like before I got into it, like in like the late two thousands, Yeah, like when brawl came out and then brawl kind of like faded away because it was a little underwhelming for melee players and then like MLG dropped it and Evo dropped it and it was very quiet. And most tournaments that I hear about from that time were like, you know, 10 to 20 people wow. like, and that was like a good tournament. And I think like one of the majors was like 60 to 80 people in the bracket, wow. which is also terrifying because all those players were extremely good. Yeah, I mean, like they, when you're seen distills to like all the frauds and all the casuals go away and all you have left is that it is, is fucking terrifying. Yeah, that's that's a nightmare. <laughs> yep. Let me ask. So, like, what about melee makes it so good? Like, what about like I I've played it, uh, but I don't think I've played enough of it to know like why it's better than brawl or why it's better why why it can't be be replicated. Like, what you, you've talked a little bit about what appeals, but like, why is this the sort of like definitive vision version for so many people? I think the skill the skill ceiling. Mm-hmm. The skill ceiling, yeah, I think the skill ceiling is just unreal. Like, it's it feels like playing an instrument where you can practice it for 10 years and you're still getting better, and you're still finding things, and you're still honing stuff, and, like, people are still developing it. Like, the meta still changes. Mm. People discover things. Like, uh, a relatively modern piece of tech is called shield dropping, and it's the ability to tilt your shield and drop through the platform when you're standing on a platform. And it kind of gives you an option where you can do an aerial attack pretty much straight out of shield while falling through a platform oh, wow. or any other thing you would want to imagine doing out of that. And that's something that's only come about in the last few years and other like less game breaking, but still important things pop up all the time. Like, it just gets deeper. It doesn't stop. If it did stop, maybe people will get bored. And like, you know, there's like any fighting game, there's like a a level of salt about (laughs) uh, certain characters that are prevailing, right. Or certain players and play styles that are prevailing. Like right now in street fighter five, people are upset about Minot and how she's able to just wall people out for free and her V triggers stupid. And then over here in melee, we have people whining about H box and the way he plays, but he is, consistently finishing in like the top three of tournaments and winning most of them. And what do you say? As much as frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As much as it's frustrating, people still come back. And I mean, this is a really exciting week because Ninja hosted 
a melee tournament really? like three days ago. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He like, I guess he wasn't streaming and he was watching melee. So he just hosted uh, the smash and splash top eight, which is, it didn't hit me until just then how powerful that man is. Like, I mean, his ability to put eyeballs on things. Yeah, whatever he unreal. touches turns to gold. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So that's a bump for a scene that isn't, I think we're at a bit of a plateau. So that's, that's crazy. That's great. I'll take that. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, and that speaks to something. This is my other question. Like it speaks to something about FGC, but, but smash in particular, where there is this fear of not, not that fear, fear is the wrong word. There's this hesitation to sort of say like, yeah, you know, like we're going to be an esport in the way that say like, I don't know. Um, well, in the way that say like Dota or, or league or league of legends or whatever, like they've embraced it. Right. Like the, the idea is like, okay, yeah, sure. Like we'll codify as an esport. doesn't matter to us. Um, but with the FGC and like smash in particular, there's this feeling of, you know, we don't want to lose what's good about the scene now, like what's underground, what's different, what's kind of like raw about the scene. So, you know, there's a balance, right? Like there's a balance between like, yeah, look, like this is the fighting game community. It's it's sort of an esport. It's not exactly an esport. Like it's a little different. I mean, especially, you know, getting attention from Ninja. What is the prevailing feeling about that in the melee scene? I mean, is, is everyone excited about it becoming an esport are people nervous about it is that like a goal for the scene like i how are how are people handling that um i'm trying to remember the the year and originator of the we esports now quote <laughs> that became a meme for ages because like this has been looming over melee and fighting games for years like when league kind of blew up and became like the first like esport of this modern era yeah. like running it on Twitch being like one of the most massively played games in the world. Um, and sponsors started to roll over into melee. I think, I don't know who the first person to get sponsored was, but when mango got sponsored by cloud nine, that was like, you know, big games coming in. And now like there's tons, there's tons like Dignitas has players. TSM has players, uh, more than I could name off the top of my head. It's, it's wild. And, but it's been this way for a minute. I think it really picked up in 2014, 2015, and it's kind of just been not static, but like steady. Like, I don't think there's any real chance that we'll become truly esports, but I think the all this sponsor interest just kind of like made everybody tighten up a little bit mm. in a good way, right? So, like, when FGC and Smash players talk about preserving that grassroots homie culture, like that community sense, where like, yeah, sometimes if like your community, if you're really tight, you'll say crazy shit about each other while you're at a tournament. Like you'll talk smack and it'll be, it'll be wild. But like everybody just kind of like dialed back. Um, I'll give a specific example. Like in the, the late two thousands, if you were talking about beating someone, you might use a certain R word that is terrible ah, sure. and that should never be used. What's that? I said, ah, sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Should never be used. Um, that pretty much vanished which was a great thing. Like, I feel like we, when we took on esports in a quasi capacity, we kind of got rid of a lot of the really shitty offensive hate speech things that people were saying and kind of kept a healthy amount of just like screaming at people <laughs> like next to them while they're playing, right. which is important as a New York tri-state melee enthusiast, something we do at our own tournaments and something we do at everybody else's tournaments is get, obnoxious for our players i mean i you know 
as a Philly guy, like I, I, I get this, like the, the tri-state yeah, go birds, go birds, the tri, yeah, they're, they're, they're covering themselves in glory these days. I'm, I'm so pleased. Um, <laughs> couldn't, yeah, I couldn't be happier. Couldn't be better. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I was worried, I was worried I'd get, I worried I'd get some giants pushback from you there. Um, oh no, I was, I was there. I'm a jet fan. I, okay. I cried when the Eagles oh, won. I was in Philly. It was great. That's so good. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I really hope the Jets, uh, I'm excited about where they're going to go with Rosen. Um, that you got Rosen. Did they get Rosen or Darnold? Darnold? Yeah. Darnold. Uh, yeah. I, 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 for whatever reason, I think of them as exactly the same player, which won't last up past the, you know, once the season starts, that'll change. But, um, yeah, Darnold looks really cool. Like he looks like a very fun player. Um, I'm excited, man. I, I hope I hope they pull it together. Yeah, I got you guys winning again. So go oh, birds. Oh wow, okay, go birds. But yeah. um, but yeah, I mean that's like that's a tri-state thing. Like even even at like uh, Thanksgiving or whatever, like you talk smack about whatever you talk smack about whatever differences the family happens to have. Like we have some Giants fans in our family, and it's like if there's an Eagles Giants game on Thanksgiving, which is rare, but usually both teams are playing or around Christmas or whatever, like we'll talk about it and we'll be kind of rude about it. And like, it never goes over the line, but it's an important part of it. Like it's, it's, there's something yeah, you very put up social for your people in your region. Yeah. It's much, it's very much like sports and it's better because there's no refs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I maintain that. Is that true? Is there, are there no refs? Is, is there like, so I would assume obviously like in, in, in like larger, I'm trying to think of rostered fighting games. Sometimes this, this is natural. Like there are characters who are just out of the meta, but as you suggested, like melee is kind of consistently changing its meta. Are there any characters like, does it ever start to look like um, a, I guess the analogy would be magic, the gathering where like certain characters or certain strategies Mm. or certain things are just like off the board in competition. Like there are different competition rules than there are for like, um, just playing with your friends rules. Does that ever happen in melee or is it always just kind of the same in melee? Um, melee has been safe. And I think that's part of why it's survived so long is that it hasn't suffered some of the, the self-regulating that for example, brawl. Did. Okay. So brawl was the sequel to melee yeah. for lack of a better term. And it featured a certain character called Meta Knight who, uh, was uh, head and shoulders above the rest of the characters in the game. And while this didn't kill Brawl, it sure as shit didn't do it any favors. Like, having one character that was just way too good um, definitely didn't help the game. It might have been a little more... I mean, for me as a player, it might have been more exciting if there was more viability across the board. But uh, Melee has been a little less stratified. Like, I think for the first major era of the game, Marth was the best character. And then pretty much ever since then, it's been Fox. Although uh, these days, um, every top player and analyst comes out with a different tier list every week. And while most of them feature Fox and then eight or nine other characters in a completely randomized order, um, nothing's really been banned. The closest thing I can think of is wobbling, which is an infinite grab that the ice climbers have, right? So basically they grab you and they get a stock. They basically get to kill you. Okay. Um, And it, it's the cause of a lot of ire. A lot of people are frustrated when they encounter that in tournament. It doesn't feel fair necessarily, but this is one of those situations where melee is too decentralized to enforce like an overarching ban. Like every region has its preferences and it would be 
just about impossible to get a grassroots scene run by tournament organizers the world over to take something on uniform. Right. We struggled with that anytime anyone's tried to do it, and I don't see that changing. And also, fortunately, ice climbers are not broken enough outside of wobbling that we need to ban it to save melee. Yeah, I mean, right? that's what you were telling me there with, like, the fact that if you can... I mean, no one really plays ice climbers because they're not a good character outside of that. Yeah, they're, like, viable, tournament viable. Like, I think about, uh, off the top of my head, like, 12 characters are tournament viable, okay. and really only five or six are viable at the absolute top level. Okay. Do you ever get people playing someone that isn't viable? Like, like just, like, pulling, I don't know. Actually, I don't know who would be viable or not. I know the... Oh, we call them hustlers. Okay. Yeah, there's hustlers. So, well, I was a combo breaker. I played a hustler. Oh, yeah? Uh, there was a guy who, play, who plays Roy. Who like nobody knows that matchup because he's he's like a fundamentally broke ass character. But you know, if you grind it and you learn everything and you know the answers, like you're not going to win a tournament, but you might be able to put one over on somebody in a money match. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, like I I adore it because like if someone's going to put that much work into like a joke character and beat you with it, that's pretty cool. But like they're not going to make a run for a tournament, you know. So the character, I mean, like so. That's interesting because Roy and Martha, in my mind, were always interchangeable. Uh, but I never played the game at any sort of level. I mean, even like a level to say like, "Oh, I'm good at this." Like, I, I never, I never got the fundamentals down. So, like, broken characters or, or low tier characters. I mean, there's nothing. Uh, there was so like in in the Tekken tournament, for instance, the the final came down to um, not the final, the semifinal came down to uh, between this guy uh, who was playing. You know, fairly, I think fairly typical character. And then someone who is playing a character that, like, no one plays. Uh, it's just like... It's... Was that the, the Gordo match? Yes. Or is Gordo good now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is that John Ding and Nee at the end? So, yeah, that was the end match. It was the one beforehand, yeah. uh, but it was Gordo. And I can't remember the guy. It was the, the, the Sheik player um, or the the Saudi um, character. Um, oh, Rashi uh, Shaheen. Yeah, Shaheen. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so like, Shaheen's known as, like, a... a, a bad character like a character no one plays but this dude was like incredibly good with shaheen um so obviously you know it can be done in a certain level if you're good enough in most games in in but in melee what you're saying is like no matter how good you are you're never gonna run a tournament with roy for instance yeah i don't if it has been done i'm not familiar with it um it definitely hasn't happened at a major in the last four or five years so why is easy, that easy why easy um, I don't, this is one of those places where, um, melee does separate itself from standard fighters where like, when you look at a game like third strike, um, there are characters who are decidedly low tier like Q, but you still like, you'll watch co-op cup and you'll see, uh, like someone who's been playing Q for 10 years, 15 years, you know, mm -hmm. and they'll be really good and they'll mess people up. Like when I first started like kind of getting into third strike, I saw someone win a tournament with Remy and I was like, I thought he was supposed to be low tier. What is this game? And I think that happens more with traditional fighters. I guess the baseline for a character in a traditional, like a more traditional fighting game is going to be whole. Like they're, unless they're deliberately making a character like Sean, who is bad for being bad sake. <laughs> like, right. They're going to make a character who like his hit boxes work. But when you look at some of the low tiers in melee, their hitboxes don't work. Like uh, when Kirby grabs you, if you just like move um, and he does like the, the somersault 
throw, like the back throw, I believe, you just get out of it for free. Like you just <laughs> are in a standing animation if you press the right button at the right time. Like he doesn't do any damage, and then you get a counter because he hasn't finished his throw animation. Oh no! Like just silly stuff like that. And then um, Ness, who is a little more of a well-rounded character, but Ness has horrendous um, recovery. Like his ability to get back to stage is dependent on hitting himself with the PK fire. Right? Oh right, the, right. Yeah, the PK thunder. That's hard. And and yeah, for most characters, that edge guard is a joke. You just go out and hit him or hit the thunder. Anything you want, he's dead. Hmm. Like, and Roy is another character who's just like broken hitboxes. Um, does almost no damage with most of his moves. And then Pichu is like a joke character. Like Pichu damages him or herself when they when uh, Pichu attacks most of the oh, time. No. Like, although uh, Pichu's like my favorite hustle, like. <laughs> Pichu has like three good moves. It's it's fun. Do you ever hustle anyone with Pichu? No, I'm not. I'm not good enough at this game to do any of that. <laughs> I just love to play it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, what was I gonna ask? Um. No, I mean this is all super interesting. I I think like, you know, the one thing that really strikes me about Smash is that it. it I mean, and melee particularly is that it is this it's this mix between fandom and um, <laughs> uh, not frugality, but like practicality where like you don't have, and you think you would with a game like this, you don't have like people who play Kirby because they're big time Kirby fans um, on, at the higher levels. Um, I saw someone cosplaying a Samus playing a Samus. So like, I guess that can happen. Uh, but you would think there are people who are just married to these characters because of a fandom, uh, because it is so like fandom centric. Uh, but what you're saying is like, that's not true. Like it, the, the meta is such that like, it doesn't matter if you like Fox as a character, you have to at least consider him as a, as a choice. Yeah. You, you want to pick from like that immediate stable of characters. Like it's tough. I mean, Samus is on like the far end of viable. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, I think, Hugs and Duck are like two of the only players who play Samus and can make a top eight at a large tournament. Okay. And that is damned impressive. And then you have like a handful of anomalies, but no anomalies that go deeper than mid tier. So you have a player named Amsa, who's from Japan, who plays Yoshi. Uh, Yoshi's um, conventionally not considered to be like a very viable character, but Yoshi is a very strange character. He has parries, he has armor, he has all sorts of things that are foreign to most melee players when they encounter it. Right. And right. he's been able to do really well with Yoshi and to the point where people have to start uh, developing him and building an understanding for what he really is, is a threat in tournament. And another case of that is a player named Axe who plays Pikachu and is perennially the only player in the top 100 rankings of the game who plays Pikachu. And he regularly is like a top 10 like high top 10 player, like a 10th, maybe eighth or ninth this year player. Wow. And he plays wow. Pikachu and he makes it work, but really nobody else does. Right. Like he's it. That's such an amazing level of commitment. Like to, to sort of, I don't know. Like, I can't even think about what it, what it makes me think of. Like it, it, it reminds me of those old, like um, those old sort of like, massive tournament films or uh or, or or like you know the the dragon ball z budokan tournament like the where like 
you get these sort of characters that are really compelling because they're doing something that is uh, weird. Like, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Bloodsport will play, you know, have to fight against someone who, I don't know, like, it's been a long time since I've seen Bloodsport. But, like, you know, like, it wasn't a, a crazy thing. Like, he only uses his feet. He refuses to use his hands or something like that, right? Like, there, mm-hmm. there's this level of, of specialization that feels um, almost artisanal. Oh, truly. Yeah, like, people who are, like, career character mains. Like, if you can play reasonably well as uh, Kirby, that's incredible. People will get hyped for that. But you just can't expect to run into, like, an actual tournament threat player and be able to do anything. Mm. Like, it's still hype in, like, like, a, like round two, phase two kind of pool matches. Like, like, top 100, maybe. Maybe top 200. But, like, when you're getting into top 64, top 24 in a tournament, those people... I don't think you see that. Interesting. So you're also interested in Street Fighter V. Um, I bounced off that one, but I, I admittedly did not give myself enough time. And uh, that's fair. It's 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 troubling. I mean, being a combo breaker made me realize that I am doing fighting games wrong. Uh, <laughs> I just kind of grew up with uh, with Street Fighter Two uh, Turbo. I think was the first one I picked up, and then Super Street Fighter, and then you know, Mortal Kombat here and there and uh, Killer Instinct and stuff like that. So I was very much an SNES fighter guy. Um, and then a little bit into, into the next gen systems, uh, smattering of guilty gear and MVC, but, um, watching people and talking to people and, and getting a feel for like what people actually do at the higher levels. I was, I realized like, okay, I'm not really approaching this the right way in order to even enjoy it. Like I'm never going to be competitive, but even to enjoy it. Um, but what do you feel like, so in Street Fighter, how do you like? I'm assuming you're not as as adept at Street Fighter as you are at Melee, because as humble as you'll be about Melee, oh, I'm terrible. You are very good at Melee. I, I I watched you play. You're you're an excellent Melee player. Um, I wish the in the stream match I was like mid panic attack, so I played very nutty. But like off stream, I was playing a lot better. I was playing some of the best melee I played ever that day. I mean, even so, though, even I'm glad you saw that, even yeah. though you didn't win the stream match, like that was really fun. Like that was just a blast to watch. Like you, yeah, it was close the whole time. You pulled off a ton of like amazing moves and like, obviously your opponent did too. Um, but I mean like, yeah, you're, you're, you're a, a, a highly skilled melee player. Um, I am. I just want to go on record and say that I am like, tip of the iceberg when it comes to melee like i'm one of the worst players in new york but that's because everybody here is so ridiculously good well, yeah i mean new york like, is just like everyone lives there yep i get bodied every time i go to a tournament here but like when i go out to the midwest or someplace with like a little more of a scarce scene i'm able to like kind of like do my stuff nice yeah. um so i'm assuming you're not as good as street fighter 5 and that's not meant as an insult yep not even <laughs> yep. so i got clobbered did you compete at Combo Breaker? Yeah, I wasn't. I was hoping to like put in more time just playing against people, which I did to an extent, which I was happy about. Like I enter just to enter. Cause like it doesn't take that That's long. That's what I did like, too. I, I entered yeah. two things just to enter and uh, decided uh, while doing it, the Skull Girls was not for me and I hated it. And I got, Ooh, that's a tough, I got, tough egg to crack. Yeah. I got real mad about that one. Um, and then I had fun competing in DBZ, even though I lost, um, that was that was actually like that felt productive. Uh, I'm sure Skullgirls. No offense to Skullgirls. I'm sure it's a great game once you get into it. The aesthetic's really cool and um, it's a it's a fun piece. Uh, but yeah, I totally get the idea of just like okay, I'm not gonna win this. I'm not gonna place. I just 
want to see what it's like to play against other people. Um, oh yeah. There, there are no atheists in foxholes and there are very <laughs> few casuals at a skull girls tournament. Like that game doesn't have casual people. I, probably not. I got like the, I think the guy who I played ended up in the top 16, like, and I was just playing in pools. I think I got three hits on him. He did perfect me, but it was, mm. uh, wow. Yeah, it was close. Um, made me realize that that game is uh it's just on another level like even more so than something like guilty gear like in guilty gear i bet i could get at least a hit on someone i could you know steal around maybe but like Skullgirls, oof, no chance yeah so in street fighter what's your approach because i i well actually you know what i didn't ask you so like what is your approach in melee and then and then maybe compare it to your approach in street fighter like i'm Imagine I'm like Bob Costas asking you a question about like your, you know, your batting stance or something like that. Like what, is, uh, what goes through your head? What's, what's your prep? What's your character? How do you, how do you do, how do you do melee? And then how does that compare to how you do street fighter? Um, this is all very flattering. Cause I'm not usually not considered good enough to talk about my craft. So I'm going to try and handle this as humbly as possible. <laughs> you're, you're um, far and away the best melee player to be on this show so far. Fair. I will money match any of your guests, especially Matt Christman. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, He's in the city. You could find him. That's right. This would this would spin him into a frenzy. You should like those CRTs and everything. You should money match. Um, uh, you should money match Felix. I bet he. Uh, I bet he has some secret melee experience. I would love this. I would. I would love to do that. That would be so <laughs> fun. Um, so melee. I have a peculiar journey with melee because I like really messed my hands up last year. Melee is a game that's very hard on your hands, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of players are going through stuff with their hands. A friend of mine, uh, Hacks, who's like a legendary New York City player, like destroyed his hands to the point where he had to like develop his own fight box, like a hitbox. It's all button based in order to continue playing melee. Wow. And it's I had to take a break and I had to switch characters. I spent ages playing Falco which was a character who my approach to was just to grind tech skill and to like develop the ability to push a lot of buttons very quickly and do things aggressively. And I don't think that was ever my strong suit, but I just worked on it because it was such a fun way to play. Right. Like I would, you just play and you take notes on matchups and you adapt and you evolve. And now I switched to Marth, who is a lot more of a character where you have to worry about things like space and actually watching what your opponent does (laughs) and worrying about what you're going to do in response and that's really like forced me to start thinking about the game, which has been a lot of fun lately. But yeah, I guess when it comes to Street Fighter, it's just so much fucking easier to adapt. Like <laughs> it's so it's so much simpler. Like five specific I will say Street Fighter Five, not all the other Street Fighters. Like Super Turbo is crazy cool. Third strike is nuts. But like in five, you just kinda like go in, learn your combos, make sure you can execute them, and then like I play Urian. So he, he has really long arms and legs, so a lot of the times I can just watch my opponent and wall them out if they're being slow, and if they're going to come up to me, I'm going to try and stuff them and maybe set up a combo. Right. Like, Urian has a lot of tools. And then besides, I just jump around the screen like a maniac, and it's fun. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I guess my approach lately with Melee is to take what time I get, because I don't get as much time to practice as a lot of other players, and just really pay attention and work on concepts. Like, I tend to think less specifically about things like A beats uh, A beats B, uh, B loses C. I'm thinking more like think about space instead of doing damage when you're playing Marth. So like getting center stage, holding center stage because that's where Marth thrives. 
and it's less important to rack up damage because uh, the higher percentage someone has against Marth, the higher, the harder it becomes for Marth to kill them. Like once you get somebody over like 110, 120, uh, Marth has a really hard time killing them. So you really don't want to just like rush in and do a bunch of damage. You want to try and manipulate where they are so that when you get an advantage, they're at a reasonable percentage that you can just get a really nice crispy kill. Right. Why is that? I mean, why, why does the high percentage matter for Marth that much? Uh, specifically for Marth, it's like um, his kill moves are like specific. So like there's the tipper side smash, which is um, anyone who plays Marth will tell you it's like a, a pretty solid kill move, but it's a tough one to space. You have to really have your spacing perfect to get a kill with it. So anyone who's high damage is expecting something like that. Uh, and then the rest of Marth's moves are, they usually combo into themselves, but um, in melee, knockback increases as your damage gets higher, right? So if I hit you at 30, you don't go very far. I can probably hit you again. If I hit you at 150, you go much farther. But in Marth's case, that usually isn't far enough to kill them. So you just kind of hit them really far away, and then you kind of have to reset and figure it out again. Interesting. Like, yeah. That's really interesting. Like, yeah. And that that kind of like... That kind of granularity is so unique. Uh, I mean, like it, it feels more like an anime fighter in that way. Um, but of course, it isn't like as like anime fighters are probably my other favorite thing to watch. I really enjoyed watching Smash, um, but like watching the Guilty Gear finals, for instance, was was just like sort of transcendent. Um, I adore Guilty Gear. Uh, I adore the, it. It's just like the there were like double comebacks and um oh my god those finals were just absolutely bad shit um i cannot recommend enough the evo japan finals from earlier this year i believe it was in january okay like the evo japan guilty gear finals were some of the best one of my absolute favorite top eights of any game i'm gonna have to go watch that i magnificent i just i just had so much fun um but there's a way in which melee feels like a an anime fighter like guilty gear sort of not slowed down, but kind of like pared down to its essence where like, you're not going to get the complexity of like, okay, uh, here's, here's the charge you're doing. Um, you know, if you're, if you're using chip, here's what's, uh, what's interesting about chip. If you're using, um, you know, X character, uh, if you're using uh, soul, here's what's interesting about soul. Kai has to do this. This person has to do that. Like, it's not, it's not going to be like that. It's not like, okay, what's your, what's your, what's your meter at? What can you do in terms of dust? Like there's there's a much more simplified and a much more streamlined entry level, which is very Nintendo. Um, but other than that, the way that you have to understand both your character and your opponent's character, I mean, it feels so Baroque. Oh, yeah. Matchups are what everyone yells about all the time forever, which is like what you want people to yell about. Yeah. You don't want them in fighting about stuff. You want them being like, no, Marth beats Fox and Fox beats Marth, which has been a big thing over the last year like who wins that matchup boy that's and everyone hard. feels different yep wasn't was that the matchup you had it was it was marth and what did the other guy play no i didn't play a single uh i, I was fortunate to not have to play any fast fallers like Fox, okay. falco or falcon nice for most of my bracket um i switched to falco after game one because uh, yeah um in that stream match i was fronting marth every match because i'm learning marth i want to main marth marth's important to me uh, but Falco's in my pocket and my Falco has a lot more years of me playing. Mm. It. So um, I would start as Marth. And then if I decided I didn't want to lose and I was losing, I would just go Falco and try and have better luck. So that's what I did on stage. I gave him the shot 
the Marth Ditto, which is what we play. We play Marth versus Marth. Um, is a very strange matchup, like many Dittos are. And I played one, got cl- absolutely clobbered, and was like, "This is this is silly. I'm going to take the bird out. It's going down." <laughs> like, and it went down from there. Marth, yeah, Falco Marth is a lot more fun for me. So when the if he was going to stay Marth, I'm like, "Yeah, we'll do this. I know how to do this." Nice. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about like where you see the scene going from here. Like, what do you think? Because we're getting to an hour, so so you're you're almost free of your obligation to no cartridge radio. Um, uh, tell me a bit how you see the scene developing from here. Is there is there like a trajectory that you see it pursuing, or do you think it's kind of up in the air? Like, how do you imagine melee in like five years? I think it's it's difficult. We're on a we're on a plateau right now, right? Like we boomed up, we've become this kind of self-sustaining scene that we don't need our developer necessarily. Like they're not throwing locals. They're not throwing regionals. They're not throwing majors. Like we're people are doing it all themselves, which is what you need to sustain and endure Mm -hmm. and endure. We will, uh, the biggest threats in my opinion are, uh, the eventual scarcity of CRTs. Like every day, I walk by them in Brooklyn, just on the ground, shattered, and I get sad. <laughs> I love CRTs. I hate seeing that happen. Um, and then controller scarcity, which is a whole nother uh, bag of worms, where like the original GameCube controllers um, are not consistently manufactured and also finite. Mm. So it's not only hard to find uh, fresh controllers that are good to go, but it's becoming harder to find controllers that are up to the uh, very meticulous standards that top play sets now. Um, like I personally don't need a car, um, a controller with things like good dashback and good shield dropping, things like that. And we have people in our scene now who mod controllers to do things that are specific for top players and people who really care about that stuff. But like these things bug me for our future because I'm like, are we going to be able to sustain modding every controller to like try and keep it up? And are we going to run out of controllers? But I think when that I think necessity is the mother of invention there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like we have a, we have a, a not sanctioned fix for controllers, which, which would help, but like Nintendo's obstinate about using it, which is uh hearsay. I can't confirm that Nintendo's obstinate, but <laughs> there's a lot of major tournaments that won't let us run the, the controller fix that we run, but the ones that do, everyone really likes it and it would make having a worthwhile controller a lot easier for a lot of people. Interesting. But those are the things that weird me out. And I don't know, like there's so many little things like there's, we're, we're no stranger to like drama, like uh, the same problems. Most gaming communities. That face, was going to be my last online. question. Cause melee gets a reputation. Yeah. It does. We're a little fussy. It's, you guys are a little fussy. it's really like that. Like we're getting like, I've denied it for the longest time. Cause I loved it so much. Like you love your scene. Like I love going to my local tournaments in New York and long Island and that. And everyone there is like really good friends with you and the vibes really great. And that's what keeps me coming back more than anything is just that, that like family element and getting to play with all these people that I love. But like when you go online, we have all the same trappings of every other shitty online game scene. And in some ways you could say it's worse. I wouldn't say it's worse, but uh, depending on people's experience, I know a lot of people who have to leave or can't handle it. Like because of like various sources of harassment but I feel like that's been around forever 
and it's hard to get rid of it, but it hasn't killed it yet, you know? Well, and you guys, I mean, you guys are making, making strides. You told me about Smash Sisters uh, at, mm-hmm. at, at CB, and, like, it, it seems like there's, like, ways in which you're trying to be more inclusive as a community. Um, and, and I guess by this I mean the New York scene, because that's what, that's your your focus. But, like, that's cool. I don't know, like, I'm, I'm not sure what every other community is doing, but that seems like, you know, more than the bare minimum anyway. Yeah, it's for all the good we're doing, there's still problems that really frustrate me. Like as an onlooker mm. who's like, I can only do so much. I can't like nobody can just sit on Twitter and yell at all these people who are harassing girls who are trying to get good at the game. But there are more girls trying to get good at the game than I think I've seen in a while, which is exciting. Like it's good to have this because it's like, you know, feminism is good for everyone. Right. You know, like it'll make a lot of these guys like stop being the people who make it hard for women to exist in the scene, which would be great. Yeah. This is going to make it really awkward for my next guest, Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, yeah. He can money match me. That's fine. <laughs> you would, he can you would the damn stop game. Milo in a money match. I will, I will put that out there into the world. I, you know, I hope he finds it and I hope he challenges you. Um, cause he needs to, he needs to be taken down a peg that guy. Truly. <laughs> Truly. Well, this is great, man. Thank you so much for coming on and talking Smash with me. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's. There's something very heartwarming about the fact that it is a thriving scene. It reminds me of you know old times playing, um, while also like having all that cool stuff that's going on in the in the modern FGC. Um, is there anything you feel like we missed? Anything you that you wanna you would like to say before before we close up shop here? I'm trying to think. Uh, no you know like this has been a lot of fun this has been great i hope i didn't say anything to throw anybody under the bus no, not um, at all i you know but, we, we we saved that for off air you told you told all your tales i i know exactly who to avoid and who to uh you know who to who to sabotage in the scene and don't worry everyone phil told all your dirty secrets yeah it's like you know we have our our kinks and our quirks and our problems but like this like really saved gaming for me i think in a big way if you could call it gaming at that level like where you take it this seriously and you're part of a community physically you know but yeah like at a time where i was like i don't know if i want to get involved in a competitive scene for anything like i picked up melee and it's been there ever since and you know it's it i've made so many friends everybody says that but i'm gonna harp on it like it's dope if you want to play melee you want to play a fighting game any of those games you show up to a tournament you show the drive people will take you under their wing like any game not just melee like any street fighter game if you reach out, join a discord, join a Reddit, like show interest. Everyone will help you. It's great. And like, and like honestly, uh, the nicest thing that happened to me at combo breaker, I mean, I'll, like this isn't true, but in terms of competition, there weren't <laughs> a lot of bright spots, but um, for me personally, there were bright spots for others and those were fun to watch. But in DBZ, I got stomped, but I, I, I held my own a little bit. And uh, I was like, man, like that's, it's crazy, but I lost. And the guy was like, "Yeah, man, but uh, you have a you have a good team there. You have like a solid team, you know. Like you're you're definitely going about it the right way, and like that sort of thing where it's not like the normal like Fortnite, someone's dancing over your corpse or whatever. Okay. Like that was such a such a unique moment, and I I could see why it, it, it's sort of like it feels like beer league softball or something. Um, obviously with much higher stakes, but like no one's no one's in it to tear you down. Yeah, it's a peculiar little when you beat somebody really bad or otherwise you might not want to voluntarily compliment or give them tips, but like 
I consider it a good habit and I wish I followed it more that when you do lose a game, try and have like one coherent concrete question to ask your opponent who beat you. Like it's a great habit to just be like, all right, right there in this interaction, you did this and I had absolutely no answer for it. Should I just avoid that situation or is there an answer? Mm. Like something like that. It's kind of a works every time. Kind of a good, kind of a good lesson for life, honestly. Yeah. I mean, experiential knowledge, like experiential awareness is a big part of at least fighting games. I would say most games, but like you just build up that library in your head of times where this works and this doesn't. Mm. As a friend told me once, uh, you can't cram for muscle memory. Uh, that's sort of like, you have to, you have to be there. You have to live it. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, man. This is great. Um, you're at Nil Folan on, on Twitter. Uh, the classic, the classic spoonerism that we all love. Um, you uh you also do film work am i right yeah that's like my main contribution like i've never been particularly good at the game winning wise so i will make docs and stories and stuff like that for various scenes mainly melee but you know i'm always branching out like most of my paid work is in other esports for that kind of stuff but when's your mugen doc coming out man when when am i gonna get to watch that oh the it Fortunately, it will not be a doc. There's going to be a super turbo doc Ooh. at some point, like like a five to ten minute mini, I think. I think. But for the the Mugen doc, I'm going to do. I shot it all slow mo, <laughs> and I'm going to try and like find like a Task Rabbit guy who has like an old NFL film style voiceover actor voice, and kind of like play like classic NFL films music and just like really class it up. It's going to be great. I I yeah I can't wait. I can't wait for that. I want to have you on for that just so you can do a play by play about like, you know, the legends of Mugen with me. Cause that, uh, covering a Mugen auction must've been, I wish I could have been there. It was just too late for my old bones, but, uh, especially with a toddler around and a, and a drive to, to conquer. But the, uh, man, that auction sounded wild. Yeah. I, uh, the VOD is relatively short. Like the auction itself was an hour and the bracket was a little over an hour. So okay. like, if you have the time to go back, it is a silly game, but still pretty good. Like, it was it was hype. It was hype. It was also the biggest money auction in combo breaker history. I think the 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 sixteen bidders ended up putting up almost sixteen hundred dollars. Oh so that's amazing. Yeah, it was it was wild. Ten out of ten. The whole combo breaker shouts out. That was the best thing I've ever been. That to. was so was, fun. Yeah, I'm I'm going next year for sure. I, I, you know, just uh, just try and stop me. That was a that was a blast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fun. Uh, so you know, thanks yeah. to everyone who, who put that together. Um, my my buddy uh, Max, who is at Curling W, who you should also follow, um, and and everyone else. Uh, he wasn't the main organizer, but he organized the brackets, and as far as I can tell, produced some pretty wild final matches. Uh, you know, intentionally or otherwise. Um, uh, the primary the primary organizer was uh, Rick. Yes, Rick. This, uh, tag you. on Twitter is the Hado. He is a legend. Can't recommend him enough. He's he, he's a killer. He does great. Every year, combo breaker for combo sure. breaker man. It's it's a blast. Um, well, alright, man. Um, thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you in New York, combo breaker, somewhere soon. And uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. Come on again. Absolutely love it. Thanks a lot, dude. Take it easy.